Thanks for joining us for today's sermon on the Brick Church Sermon Podcast. My name is Jared Callahan, and I'm the lead pastor here at the Brick, and we're so excited that you're going to check out today's message. Our prayer is that each week the message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you connect to God, maybe in a brand new way. We also pray that you connect with us as a community, that it doesn't stop just with your connection with God, but it gives you an opportunity to connect with the people at the Brick Church. So don't hesitate to reach out. Let's jump into today's message. What's up, 1130? How you feel today? Cool, let's get this going. Um, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Ryan. I get the privilege of being one of your pastors here at The Brick. And today we are in a series called Back to John. We've been in this series in between other messages throughout last year. And we've made it all the way to John chapter 14, to where I believe Jesus drops a bomb on his disciples. So I'm going to let you know that he's going to drop one in just a second. Um, but before he does that, let's pray right fast. Father, we thank you that you are good. Lord, we know that you alone can change lives, you alone can help people. We ask you to do both those things today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. My youngest boy, his name is Rowan, and he's six years old. And Rowan, he's a cute kid, but there are a couple words that he just, at six, he just can't quite get out the way they're supposed to. So we're sitting at the ball game the other day, and he wanted something to eat. He said, Dad, will you take me to the connection stand? And I was like, bro, it's, a, it's not actually that. It's a concession stand. And Haley, my wife, she was like, leave him alone. It's cute. And I was like, yeah, but he might need to know how to say it. But anyways, connection stand, he says that. We were at the restaurant the other day, and a lady asked him what he wanted for his side. And he said, um, could I have the Prinkle Cut fries? And she just looked at him like he was wild. And he was like, the Prinkle Cut? She was like, the straight ones or the bumpy ones? And he looked at her like she was dumb. He was like, Prinkle Cut. I get them here all the time. Where are the, give me the Prinkle Cuts. Obviously, uh, Crinkle Cuts. Um, but he... Uh, he has some things that he can't say or some things that are hard for him to get right. And I wonder in life if it's hard for you to get in a rhythm of right. Like, is it ever tough, not that you don't know what right is, but to get in the rhythm, like to stack some W's, you know what I'm saying? Like to catch some momentum, making some solid decisions, doing some good things, following the will of God for your life. Because for me sometimes it seems like the rhythm of right does get tough. And I believe one of the biggest reasons, me personally, that the rhythm of right is tough is because I think as a church we've actually done a bad job of representing the best help that God gave us. Because I know that if you've been to church or been around church, or even if you haven't, you've probably heard of God the Father. And you've probably heard of God the Son, Jesus, died on the cross, Easter, raised, you know, the stone rolled away, Jesus. Um, but what we don't talk about a lot and what we don't teach about a lot is because we don't know about is God the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. Let's check it out. John chapter 14. Here we go. This is Jesus talking, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby. That's a lot of words, and let's hold on right there. The reason I picked the Amplified is, is because I think it describes the Holy Spirit really well when Jesus is talking. The actual Greek for um, the Holy Spirit right there is the word parakletos, um, uh, and that's, uh, it sounds like something you would see on a football field, but that's the word. They're not getting any better. That is the best joke all day long, so go ahead and settle in. They don't go up, they go down from there. But parakletos, in English, we got, we don't do any good. And so Jesus, in the Amplified, he's like, okay, what do we call the parakletos? I'm going to hit it again real fast. Helper, comforter, this is talking about the Holy Spirit. Helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, to be with you forever. Come on, guys, that's something we need in life. We heard of God the Father, we heard of God the Son, but we need a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the Holy 
Spirit. I'll finish this verse and I'll set up some tension for you. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. Remains with you continually and will be in you. Here's the deal. We got Jesus in John chapter 14, and we preface this with some previous messages. Um, Jesus is about to bounce. He's about to leave. Three years with his disciples. They are boys. He's been mentoring them, loving them, living with them, eating with them. Like they are connected. And he's about to bounce, and he feels the tension of his disciples. And when he feels that tension, he's got to leave them with something. And the best thing Jesus had to leave them with was this promise, that he would pray to the Father, and the Father would send the Holy Spirit. He would send the Holy Spirit. And today, what I want to get to is not just some information about the Holy Spirit, but I want you to actually feel like you can know him. Like that he is a person that you can know. And I want to talk about how he guides and he leads. There's so much to talk about, but today guides and leads. So how does God even guide and lead? Like, have you ever been like, was that you, God? I would say 25 years, and I think I said it twice last week. Like, God, was that, was that you? Was it, I'm, I'm not for sure. Was that, was that you? Yeah, we ask questions about, was that you or not, God? Well, how does he lead? Well, in the Old Testament, um, there were some people called the children of Israel. And they had just got rescued from Egypt and Pharaoh where they had been slaves. And they found themselves in a place Scripture calls the desert or the wilderness. And God's trying to lead them to the promised land. And they're like, we've never been to the promised land. How do we get there? And then God's like, here's what we're going to do. During the day, I'm going to hang a big cloud in the sky. I'm talking about big cloud. I don't know which one is a cumulus. I don't know. It was a big, big cloud in the sky. And wherever that thing goes, you follow it. And they're like, well, what are we going to do at night? Because we can't see clouds at night, God. And God's like, yeah, you're right, you can't. I'm going to hang a ball of fire in the sky. And, then, and where that ball of fire goes, you just follow that ball of fire everywhere. So here they are, cloud by day, walking, fire by night, walking. And other places in the Old Testament, you'll find that when God leads, it was external. He used things on the outside to lead his people. But Jesus said, I'm going to pray. And when I pray, I'm going to ask God to send the Holy Spirit. And he will be, with, he will be in you and with you. If you're taking notes, you can say this, that the way the Holy Spirit wants to lead you is heart to heart. It's heart to heart to where you are so close to God in proximity that the things that bother him bother you. The things he likes, you like. To where you are moved in such a way by God himself and his desires, you're led heart to heart. Well, how does that even happen, and what does that even look like? Is that even possible? And if you're like me, man, I am very analytical. Like, a matter of fact, when I'm processing things, like uh, reason and logic is how I make a lot of my decisions. But sometimes in life, God actually wants us to make decisions not just by reason and logic, but by faith. Because reason and logic, they're tools that God gave us, but when the tools he gave us in life get in the way of the life he's called us to, we've got to hit pause on reason and logic. And there are sometimes you don't need a guy to move. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you invite some people over to your house to eat, and they steal from you three or four times in a row, God doesn't need to intervene and say, stop inviting them over to dinner. They're stealing your wife's jewelry. God don't need to do that. Young lady, if you're on a date with a guy, and he's on his phone the whole time, then he asks you to pay, you don't need Jesus to show up and say, he's a bozo. You, you don't need that. Like, you just don't need him to do that. But there are some things you do need the Holy Spirit to lead you in. And reason and logic can actually get in the way of some of those things. And we've got to step out in faith and say, God, I'm, I'm trying to be led by you in faith, in faith. 
I was at a customer's house the other day doing some work for him. And I knocked on the door to let him know I'm there. You know, knock, knock, knock. The ring camera already told him I was there. You know how that works. But I was knock, knock, knocking just to let him know, be real nice. And I got a rule. I don't ever want to be a creeper. So when I knocked on the door, I back up about four or five steps like this. I don't want to open the door. And I'm just sitting there staring at him with my hat up a little bit. Hey, it's me, Ryan. You asked me to come. Here I am. Um, uh, so I'm right here. And I feel the Holy Spirit. And I don't mean he wrote it in the clouds or I heard an audible voice. I just felt like he said, scoot up. And I was like, actually, God, um, I've got a rule. And that's, I'm not going to be a creeper. So I'm staying right here. And I felt like he said, scoot up. So I said, okay. So I split the difference. Like I didn't get all the way up, but I was kind of still where I was still safe. Lady opens the door. Her German shepherd runs at me, hits the glass door, cracks the glass, trying to kill me. So I grab the glass, and I'm choking the dog. And the lady's like, you're killing my dog. And I'm like, God told me to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm, you're not getting me. And I'm kicking the dog, and she's mad or whatever. But I'm not getting bit that day. Whatever, I'm not getting, here's the deal. When you step out in faith, logic kicks in later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what you meant. Oh, that's what you were doing. Oh, that's why you had me do that. Oh, that's why I had to get them out of my life. Oh, that's why I had to save this money. Oh, that's why I had to quit that job. Oh, that's why you put me with them. Because although I thought that maybe that wasn't the person you had for me, when life hit, they were tough and they stayed with me. And when the romance wore off, this person loved me and they stuck with me. And God, I was looking for all these things. And I was going to be so pretty. I was going to be so attracted to them. Because when we get married, it's just going to have a whole bunch of... And then you know what I'm saying. And you feel me? And then all of a sudden you found out that God put you with the person that you needed to be with. Logic kicks in later, but you can't just let logic and reason lead you. You've got to be led by the Holy Spirit in faith. The gospel was not supposed to make sense. It was supposed to make faith. Oh, wait, faith. So I say, okay, I want to be logical. Like, and I want to have reason. But God, I, want, I need to step out. Like, I need to step out. And I need to trust the Holy Spirit. I know God the Father. I know God the Son. But there's someone else that I need to get to know. There's someone else that God has sent to be a paracletos, a helper, an advocate. And the church has even written books about the Holy Spirit, written books about the Holy Spirit, and they call him the forgotten God because he's been moved out the way, because we haven't taken time to get relational and learn him. Maybe you've been in something that you've made. He's not just here to give you goosebumps when your favorite song is playing. I don't have no problem with goosebumps. I actually don't have a problem with my favorite song, but he came to do life with you, not just to give you guidance, but to be a guide. There's a difference, not just to come in suggestively, but to walk alongside of you and be with you. And right now, if reason is in the way, if reason is in the way, then you know what? I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. I was in Montana last year. I was in Montana, and I was in a tent. And I had a little Arab thing that you put in the tent, and I put it in my backpack, but I still couldn't sleep very good. Like, there was rocks on the mountain and stuff like that, and I just couldn't sleep really good. And I'm sleeping one night, and uh, I had left my phone in the truck, and the truck was like a three-and-a-half-day hike. So I don't have no phone. Like, I just didn't have no phone. And the reason I tell you that is because I kept waking up. I didn't know what time it was. It's dark out there. I didn't know what time it was. And then earlier that day, this guy was like, hey, there's grizzly bears up here. And I'm not really scared of grizzly bears. Bears, but you know what I'm saying. Like I, I just didn't want to find out. Um, and then the guy that I'm with snores like a bear. So all night long I keep waking up, and I'm just sitting in that tent, a bear burrito, about to get ate. And finally I sit up, and you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I can't fall asleep. So as soon as I hear someone open their tent, zip, I'm going to put my boots on, and I'm ready to hike. I'm ready to go. I'm tired of being in this tent. I don't know how long I was waiting. And then I, I obviously lied to myself, but I heard zip, and I was like, finally it's morning. So I put my boots on, I get them tied up, I get my backpack ready, I go outside my tent, and I open up, and I get out there, and everybody's still asleep. Nobody had opened up the tent. 
And then I was like, oh, this stinks. And then I looked up, and I was in the mountains of Montana, and I'd never seen stars like that in my life. Like, I felt like I could just reach up and grab one and pull it down and take it back home with me. And what I'm saying to you is this, is that maybe you don't have confidence to follow the voice of God. And I'm telling you is that if you hear the tent open, there is grace for you to step out and try. I mean, just try. And if you find it wasn't him, jump back in that tent, zip it down, and say, God, I repent. I'm sorry that was not you. They're not my person. That's not my job. There's grace for that. But listen, the reason you have grace is not so that you won't mess up. The reason you have grace is so you'll go out there and you will fail forward. Okay, so now, I, that's, that's not you, but now I'm learning. But you've got to learn in life to go until you get a no. I'll say it again. You've got to go until you get a no. So you step out and you say, God, I believe this is you. And you walk around and you have good community around you and you have scripture in front of you and you have worship music around you and have people you trust and you just attempt to follow God. You open up the tent because I think I heard something open, God. So you put your boots on, you pack your back and you walk out and here's the deal, that you will see stars that you can't see living a safe Christian life, sit in the seat and never fall into the Holy Spirit. He has so much more for you and he wants to lead you by the hand. But if you think you hear that tent, you got to open that thing up and go. Say, well, God doesn't talk to me. Actually, I think he does. Matter of fact, I think he talks to us more than we recognize. I've got a cousin, and he's a little older than me. And my cousin has said out loud that God has never spoke to him or led him. Grew up in church, still goes to church, doesn't miss a Sunday. God has never spoke to me and never led me. That's what he said. About 10 or 11 years ago, I had a job that was requiring me to travel. It was a good-paying job. It was hard to quit. I felt God leading me. I was like, God, you're going to have to do something because I'm making a good amount of money. I felt him leading me. So the grace on it was traveling. I had to quit. I was ready to see my kids. So I step out, and I start a company where we work outside, a landscaping company. And I started January 10th. And there's not a lot of lawns <laughs> that need mowed January 10th. But I felt that I thought I heard the tent unzip, so it's time for me to go out here and go until I get a no. So I try it. And I had had a good-paying job, but the year before, I built a house. And I thought it would be smart to use all my savings account to put down towards the house. So I had a little bit of money, but not as much as I wanted to have at the time. So January 10th, I'm starting. I got a truck and no tools, and I got to have money. Like, I've got to have some money. And my cousin said, I heard you're starting a business. He said, you never heard from God. I was like, yeah, I, I am. He was like, well, I got a trailer if you need one. I was like, all I got is a truck, so I'll come look at your trailer. So I didn't have no money, but I went and looked at the trailer. And it wasn't a bad trailer. Um, it really wasn't. It, just, it needed some lights, some brakes, a couple tires, a gate, and some paint. But other than that, it was a really good trailer. Um, uh, but uh, he told me what he wanted for the trailer is a fair price. And he didn't have any money. So I called him the next day. I was like, listen, man, I think we're going to pass. We're going to pass on this trailer. And I told my wife, I was like, we got to do something. Like, God led us. We got to do something. Well, two days later, I get a call from this cousin. God's never spoke to him, and God has never led him. He said, hey, what if you took 18 months to pay this trailer off if I just gave it to you? And I, I mean, I, I, he, I, that's how I felt, just like that right there. I was like, man, th thanks, man. And I was trying not to let on, but he had no idea how much he helped me. And I was like, well, what's the payment plan? He said, you can't pay me a dime for six months. He said, you can't pay me a dime for six months. Grew up in church, said God has never led him, said God has never spoke to him. Guys, what I'm saying is I think he is doing it more than we know. And we have so much clutter that we haven't paused to get quiet, to ask the questions. God, is this you? And slow down. He is leading you more than you know already, and he wants to lead you more than he is. Oftentimes, I'll walk into a room, and I don't do it all the time, sometimes, 
But the way that I believe that God will lead me is I'll say, God, is there anything you want done today? Is there anybody that needs prayer in this place? Is this waitress, I mean, 20% is fair, but what does she need? Like, I don't have a lot of money, but what I got is yours, God. Does anyone need healed? Like, would you like to minister healing to somebody? Can a conversation really pick somebody up? And when we make ourselves available and ask those questions, quiet down, surrender, get yielded, we'll find out that God is leading us more than we recognize already. God is already leading. God is already guiding. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us by Jesus to lead and to guide. So we need to surrender to Him. There's three things that the Holy Spirit does. Um, uh, he leads internally. And, yeah. You got the fire, and you got the cloud, and He leads heart to heart. And you can actually see it when He leads Adam and Eve. Yeah, that's cool. Adam and Eve in the garden. Because uh, the word for when He leads Adam and Eve in the garden, He says He walked with them in the cool of the day. The cool of the day. The day, because that means God does not like to sweat. You know what I'm saying? That's, no, it is fine. He walked on the cool day. What does that even mean? That means that when the Holy Spirit leads you, he wants to lead you heart to heart. The cool of the day, the word is pneuma, which means spirit, which means heart, which means God wants to walk with you heart to heart. In heaven, there's something going on right now that's called a perichoresis. And I'm not trying to flex. I Googled it because I heard it. I did not come up with that term. But perichoresis, which means that there is a dance that has unity together. Meaning God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There's a dance that has unity together. They are unified. There's face-to-face union, and that's what he wants for us. He created Adam so that he could give somebody the love that was already going on in heaven. He looked at Adam and said, that boy will not be all right on his own. So he gave her Eve, and then the deal between Adam and Eve is they're supposed to carry on that perichoresis, this face-to-face union, this love that has no breaches. And that's how God wants to lead us. He wants to lead us through love. He wants to lead us through our heart, heart to heart. That's how he wants to lead us. Three things he does. Number one is that he's always close. John 16, verse 7, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you, and he will be in close fellowship with you. He is always close. There's a scripture in the Old Testament and they're trying to find out where God is. Like, they're like, where's God? And wind hits a mountain, knocks rocks off a mountain. And they ask the question, was that God? Was God in the wind? And then an earthquake shakes the earth. And it shakes the earth. And stuff starts splitting. And they're like, was that God? Was he in the earthquake? Fire hits the field, balls of fire. The field catches on fire. And they're like, if he wasn't in the wind, if he wasn't in the earthquake, is that God in the fire? And the prophet gives the answer. He said he wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the wind, he wasn't in the fire. But I'll tell you where God is. He said he's in the still, small voice god is in leading you gently he's not just in the marvelous the mystical god is in by the hand leading you gently and that verse used to bother me because i was like god why is your voice so quiet still and small i mean you hold the world what has the song go you got the whole world in it i know i did the baby thing that's not the way it goes if you're big enough to hold the whole world why is your voice so quiet man why is it so quiet? Like, won't you turn the volume up a little bit? Help me out here, man. I'm, you know, you see me. You built me. You walk with me. I got some problems. Turn the volume up so I can. And I found out that it wasn't a volume issue. The reason God is in a still small voice is because that's how close He is to you. It's a proximity thing. God wants to know you a truth. Wants you to know a truth is that He is that close. And if He was miles away, He'd have to yell. But He doesn't need to. God's in the simple leading to where you say no to logic and reason at the times. And it doesn't mean that they can't match. 
you step out in faith. When you hear the tent open, you say, God, I'm going to go until I get a no. God, even if I feel like I've never heard you, I'm going to get out and I'm going to try this thing because the Holy Spirit was given by Jesus to lead me. Next thing. First, always close. Number two, he never lies. John 16, 13 through 15. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense out of what is about to happen and indeed out of all that I have said. He will honor me. He will take from me and deliver to you everything the Father has is also mine. That's why I said he takes from me and delivers to you. He will never lie. He will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He'll never lie. Like, it's a big deal. Like, one of my, like, personal, like, core values is to be a person of integrity because I've walked ways that weren't like that before, and it costs, and then I begin to feel, okay, this is where God is at, so this is the type of person I need to be. But as much energy as I put into that, and as much as I try to always tell the truth and be a person that can be trusted and be a person that walks in integrity, I still got breaches, and I still got problems. And if you look outside anywhere, if you look on social media, you look on the news, there is nobody that's really them hardly anymore. Like, they, you see what they want you to see. I don't care what side of the aisle you fall on politically. What you see on the news is really not the news, man. Like, it's just not truth. They're trying to pull you one way or the other. And the Holy Spirit comes, and he never lies. How refreshing is that? That God would give us somebody that would never do anything but grab me by the hand and lead me towards truth. Just towards truth. He's always close. And he never lies. Number three is that he never leaves. I was at a family gathering and we were out in the country and people were like what do y'all want to do and I was like what if we just chilled they're like no we've got to do something I was like we could just like just talk and hang out and enjoy each other's company and a guy that was there one of my cousins was like no we've got to do something and he said do you see that four-wheeler and I was like yeah I can see if, I can see duh but he was do you see that four-wheeler I said, yeah I see that four-wheeler he's like we ought to do something on that four-wheeler and I was like ride it like what I'm a and another guy there says you know what he was like you see that kneeboard I was like, yeah, I see, he said that anymore. He said, what if we tied a rope to the four-wheeler and drug ourselves around on the kneeboard? Another guy's like, I've got a ski rope in the shop. So they tie the rope to the four-wheeler, and some of our little cousins, little kids, they get on there, and they're riding around on that kneeboard back and forth, and uh, they're light, and they were going really slow. And we're not riding around on snow. We're riding around on pasture that's got rocks. And they're just riding around. Then one of my other cousins um, I got a lot of cousins, but one of my other cousins, he there, and he looked at me. He said, "Hey Ryan, won't you get on there?" And I'm not one; I don't usually respond to like stuff like that. It wasn't that big a deal, but it's something about the way he said it just struck me, you know. And this cousin, I'm telling you, redneck deluxe, and I'm comfortable saying that because that's where I come from. But I'm talking about redneck deluxe. Have you ever seen? Yeah, I shouldn't say this, but have you ever seen like the bubba teeth from the gas station that you put in there all while? They got the mold for those out of my cousin's mouth, and he's looking at me, and he's like, oh, it's, "It's horrible. I know y'all shouldn't have done that either." But he's like, "Hey Ryan," like that. He's like, "I dare you to get on there." So I'm walking over there, and I'm like, "All right, bud." And so I'm walking closer, and I get about halfway there, and the Holy Spirit. It's like, nope. And I imagine the whole time I'm walking, he's probably like, he's not that stupid. There's no way he's going to do that. Surely not. Nope. And I was like, okay, so I'll need to do this. And he looked at me again, and I was like, mm, all right. So I get on there. He takes off. He's swinging me around on this rope. And honestly, for the first little bit, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I was like, this is a good time. God was wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, he shouldn't have said nothing to me. This is an absolute blast. And then he turned around and looked at me one time, and he kind of threw his long mullet back, and he looked at me like that, and he smiled. You know, you can imagine. You know, he's like, you can see. But he smiled, and I was like, what's this mean? Hammers down. Just hammers down. And then he goes to turn. I don't know if you've ever skied or you've been on a tube on the water. 
but a ski rope or a rope can get slack in it. And when someone is going to speed, when they pull the slack out of that thing, you're ready for a dance, buddy, because here it comes. Well, that's one thing on a lake. It's another thing in a pasture with rocks. And this guy jerks the slack out of that rope, picks me up off the ground. I come down and bust my arm, and it kind of knocked me out, and I come to or whatever, and it turns out I broke my collarbone. And in that moment, I was like, this is what he was talking about. <laughs> this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I get it. This is what he's talking about. Um, at the time, I was going to Bible school. And uh, so I skipped Bible school because my mom took me to the doctor. She said, what happened to your arm? I was like, it, it just wild. Mom, just take So we took, he said, you broke your collarbone. I was like, well, what are we going to do? He's like, yeah, let the swelling come down, come back in a few days, and we'll look at it. I was like, okay, that's, that's what we'll do. So he puts me in a sling. I'm in Bible school at college. And I'm sitting kind of like right over here on the stage, from the stage. There's a guy there, and he's in the class. We're in a class, and the class is called Christ the Healer. And the idea of the class um, is to drive in us like really heavy. That God doesn't just want to heal your body. He wants to heal your emotions. He wants to heal your spirit. He wants to heal your soul. He wants you to be a whole person. So it's called Christ the Healer. He wants you to be your whole person to be healed. And so the guy's up there, and he finishes his thing. And he's like, and I believe God wants to heal some people today. And I'm sitting there in this lane. And he's like, is there anybody over here that wants prayer for healing? Nobody budged. There were like a thousand people in that class. He's like, is there anybody over here? Nobody budged. I'm sitting right over there. He's like, is anybody over here just looking right at me, man? I was like, I want God to heal him. And I'm sitting there, I didn't move. Like, I didn't budge. He's like, well, I could miss God because I've missed him before, but I want to give it one more shot. He says, is anybody over here want God right there and the guy next to me he was like bro you're in a sling raise your hand like we, we can tell like he keeps looking at you so he elbows me like that I'm like alright God um, if this is the tent opening like I think I feel something I think I hear something and I'm going to go till I get a no and if this is you I'm going to lift my hand so I'm sitting like this and I lift my hand up like that and he's like now lift your other hand now, no he didn't do that just like, yeah <laughs> he didn't do that I'm, uh, but uh, he said lift your hand so I lifted my hand, and I want to be completely transparent. We lifted my hand, and it took a lot of faith, and I didn't feel nothing happen. Like, I didn't feel God touch me or do, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel anything happen. But I just knew that I thought that was him. And I raised my hand. And the reason it took me so long to raise my hand is because I got myself in that spot, and he tried to keep me out of it. And I felt unqualified for his help because I had already said no to him once. We go back to the doctor a couple days later. We get there, and the doctor's like, bud, I got something to tell you. I was like, give me the news. He was like, you're 100% healed. He was like, look at these x-rays. He's like, you're 100% healed. And I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit is always close. He never lies, and he never leaves. He does not lead you to leave you. When he leads you, he stays with you. And maybe you feel unqualified for the voice of God, the hand of God, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit to lead you because you've said no too many times. Maybe you know that you've said no. Maybe you just feel unqualified because you, you don't have your stuff together yet. You're like, you know what? No, that's a no. That's a no because you know, I don't have my stuff together, God. Talk to me later. But I want to tell you is he does not lead you to leave you. I don't care if you've said no 10,000 times. I don't care if you've never even thought about God's hand grabbing you and you leading him or him leading you. I'm telling you, today he wants to do it, and he doesn't lead you to leave you. He's with you. Jesus said, it is better for you that I go 
How can he make such a bold statement? Jesus himself, incarnate, God, 100%, man, 100%, son of God, born of a virgin, laid his godly privileges aside to come to earth, raised on the third day, there went the stone, ascended into heaven, sit on the right hand with his father. That Jesus said, it's better if I go and he comes. So we got to talk about him. We've got to think about him. We've got to lean on him. And we got to let him have his role in our life. He is the parakletos, the helper, the advocate, the comforter. He wants to do all these things, and he's not waiting on you to get your crap together for him to do them. He wants to do them now. Well, how do I get him here? He's always close. Well, what's he going to tell me? He never lies. But what are we going to do? He's going to lead you, and he won't leave you. Would you bow your heads today? We're so glad you joined us for today's message. Our prayer is that God got the message you needed most today. If you're still here joining us and you're looking for an opportunity to connect to the Brick Church through giving, you can do that by texting the word BRICK to 45888. That's the word BRICK to 45888. The first time you do that, it's going to send you a link, give you the opportunity to connect that number to a credit card, debit card, or bank account. And as you connect with us and we partner together to reach people, we pray that God blesses you in your giving.